Welcome, everybody, to episode 13 of Irresponsibly Long. Lucky number 13. <laughs> God, sounds ominous. A number uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, we've come, uh, we've come so far. Shout out to everybody who is joining us live on the YouTubes. I see uh, Bushi Tong, love that name, <laughs> in the chat. Uh, Chris Hildebrand, Dan Simmons, what is up? Uh, what is up, Zerk? Crypto Duck. <clears throat> Got a little uh, in between sessions pump going on here. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean you know it's that time between uh, New York and Asia. There's no liquidity. So. Right. Anything can happen. It's not really that meaningful. Not meaningful. Yeah. Not meaningful. But uh, pretty good day in the markets. Everything was up. Everything was up. Bitcoin up. Ethereum up. Uh, Chainlink, way up. Fuck yeah, Chainlink. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, the Link Marines. Uh, maybe we'll take a look at that chart later. Uh, anyway, for those of you who are uh, not yet subscribed, uh, please give us a, a subscribe on YouTube. And, I'm going to uh, like it. I'm going to like it right now. Yeah, like uh, like the video. Helps uh, YouTube, uh, you know. Uh, figure out that this is a quality program yeah we're, we're so good <laughs> <laughs> no the, the the viewership has been uh steadily ticking up episode by episode so uh we're probably doing something okay yeah <clears throat> thanks guys i guess yeah thank you everybody uh for coming along uh for the ride with us all this week was uh, a bit of a choppy one had some uh big uh big uh, macro events yesterday FOMC uh, meeting had a uh, had tech earnings uh, Mag Seven uh, a lot a lot of companies reported earnings. Uh, what, what, what you want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about uh, JPOW first? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I don't know if you took anything really big away from JPOW, but uh, yesterday he basically just said to not expect a rate cut in March, um, which um, sent the market lower. You know, because I think some people were actually expecting like rate cuts to begin immediately and for there a lot to be of people were, the market was a 70, 70 percent, I think, before he spoke. Yeah. And I I don't know. I, I never really bought into that notion because I don't feel like they need to like their mandate is to get inflation down. They don't really want to cut rates. Yeah. But like um, real real rates are quite high now. Okay, so, um, I mean, that's that's kind of all I had on the FOMC meeting. Really, it's just like they're they're not going to cut yet. I, I think it might be even longer than, uh, like, maybe June, maybe even longer. Like, and I think the the cadence of the cuts might be a little slower than people are are expecting as well. Um, I think they probably still cut in March. I'm hopeful. I hear everybody talking about this, like, oh, there's six cuts priced in. There's just, oh, they have to cut, like, once every meeting. That's, like, not how this stuff works, guys. Like, it's not, like, the market prices in, like, oh, they're going to cut six. It's, it's pricing in a bunch of probabilities, right? So most of the time, they're probably not cutting six times, right? It, it's, like, maybe 10 or 15% of the time, they have to cut, like, 400 or 500 basis points, right? Like it, like something really, really goes wrong. Yeah. That's what's being priced in. So in a way, if they don't 
do what people think the market is expecting, it's actually good because that means we're not getting nukes to hell <laughs> in a way. Okay, so let me um, kind of use that as a segue because I think what what they're looking at is the data, right? They're using the data to determine their path forward, right? And um, when I'm looking at sort of just like these uh, big corporate earnings that came through this week, which were all of them, you know, Meta, Google, Amazon, Apple, all of them. And each one of them crushed their earnings reports. You know, like the the stock's price can be higher or lower. That's because like expectations were higher or lower. But all of them were uh, double-digit revenue growth year over year, cash flow growth, earnings growth. These companies are trillion-dollar businesses, and they're growing revenue at a double-digit pace. It's fucking amazing. And this is in, in the face of like higher rates and more tight conditions. So I feel like this is, uh, for me, this is indicative of like how the world actually is. Cause like these big companies actually comprise like consumer spending, business to business stuff. It's like, it kind of like encapsulates everything. And I'm like, I'm starting to modify my, my beliefs, I guess, um, where it's just like, Oh shit, maybe, maybe it's not going to come down. Maybe like, Steven's right. Yeah. Like, okay. So I don't know what, um, you know, before, like there was a part of me that was thinking like this entire regime was going to be this decade of fucking turmoil where we would have like inflation coming back and then we'd have to fight that again. And like, it would it feel like maybe like, what was it? The seventies when Volcker was around and you had like all these spikes of crazy shit. I'm thinking it's going to be more like the nineties where it's like, just like roaring 20s baby roaring 20s roaring 20s 90s was like new sort of like tech wave and everything was just pumping and you just had like a decade we're in 20s and we're back in the 20s in the roaring 20s i think we're in the roaring 20s yeah and um i i basically just see everything that's going on in stockland just tells me that the the winners keep on winning you want to be there because at the same time that the S&P 500 is at all-time highs, the Russell 2000 is down 20%, you know, during this roaring 20s period. What that tells me is like the winners are taking everything and just invest in the winners and never sell them. Yeah, a lot of the uh, conventional wisdom has been flipped on its head. Yeah, like in, the in a lot of ways like oh, you diversify, no, you want to no. own like five companies. Buy low, sell high? No. No, buy high. <laughs> buy high, sell hold, higher. Sell never. <laughs> <laughs> or or that yeah. uh depending on what you're trading for for sure. I mean I I continue to just look at this as like um there's just so much freaking money floating around. And there is no sign of anybody in government spending less money. They're going to spend more. Um, what do we have? Like six trillion dollars sitting in the reverse repo still. Like the way I see it, we have an opportunity to just front run all that, all that cash. We're just front running everything right okay, now. Okay, I love that. And also, here's another thing I saw: is that if you use like a forward earnings multiple. Um, you know, we're at all time highs in the, in the stock indices right now, but on a forward earnings multiple basis, we're actually cheaper today than we were in 2021, 2020, 2022. So actually like on valuation metrics, because the fundamentals have improved so much, stocks actually look cheap compared yeah. to where we were and price can go higher. I, I know at the beginning of this year, 
there was this discussion oh my god everybody's really bullish but last year everybody was bearish and is it really going to do what everybody's expecting it to do um i think i tweeted a couple of weeks ago that like the the best thing that could have happened for us is to have this like sell off in the beginning of the year and to really just give everybody like a reality check because people still don't feel that bullish to me there's certainly not euphoria like i don't even think i don't even know if i think people are are bullish we're st- we're still broadly speaking in society we're still in like a huge like vibe session as people have been calling it like things are not <laughs> a vibe session yeah the vibes are bad like people yeah like we didn't have a recession but we definitely had a we definitely had a vibe session <laughs> i see i yeah. see yeah and that's good because like if everybody was euphoric right now and we were just zooming i i would feel a little hesitant but yeah all this all this selling is um it's really healthy to me because when i zoom out like everything looks big picture so so good still okay so i i am fully on board with what you're saying i was just expecting that the like the q1 sell-off would be a little more severe and i think we might have had it like i i was kind of still thinking like oh maybe we bleed down you know 10% on an index and that's I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Yeah, I mean my I don't know about stocks. I I I still think I'm leaning lower for everything. I think I don't have really strong conviction in this, but there there's there's a few reasons why I think it's going to happen. And I think that'll be really really good because you're you can have some amazing opportunities, I think if you get a little bit of um Get a little bit of panic. I know that at the uh, the beginning of the year or the end of uh, I don't know if it's the end of last year or the beginning of this year, but I, I was I was tweeting about the the dollar um, because the dollar uh, the DXY was looking a little sketch to me at the time, and yeah, so you can see on the DXY chart where we were kind of end of the year. Yeah, you know, I think I tweeted like it's like we might be printing a bottom here uh bottom of the dollar generally bad for risk asset dollar up wait what what, was that literally at the end was that like december this was december 28th god that literally marked the the top in stocks too yeah yeah right like so the dollar is something i pay a lot of attention to when i trade because it's basically just an inverse Bitcoin chart. And then Bitcoin is just, it's also just an inverse NASDAQ chart. Yeah. Um, what I've been concerned about on the dollar when, when I zoom out is that if you look at the monthly chart, we're going to look at a lot of monthly charts today. Um, we talk a lot on this show, I think about the, the concept of uh, fair value gaps, you know, when price sort of rapidly moves through a reason region, it, it only offers like, you know, buyers or, or, or sellers a chance to get in and it de- doesn't kind of give that like fair price action. Um, those gaps in the market, you know, th- there's some nuance to this, but like for, for, for our all intents and purposes here, like they tend to act as magnets and then sort of like a rocket once they're they're hit into like assuming that the the trend is still intact and price is still trying to go to a particular destination um and you could see that last year we had a we had a big gap big old gap that we traded into and that just 
knocked us right back down. And we, we came into that gap from a gap down below. So gap to gap, back to the gap. And then in this move here, this is a really interesting move to me that we had. You can see, um, here, let me, let me uh, clear the chart off for, for those of you uh, not watching this live, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, get on the video. Yeah, you should be because this is good stuff. We're, uh, we got video on Spotify if you don't like YouTube. Um, you can see what happened here is we, th th this is um, th this is like a sign of a, like kind of manipulation to me when you have a very rapid move up into a key area and a very rapid move out, gap up, gap down. This is like a great trade setup for me, especially on like lower time frames. Um, usually an indication in this instance that we want to trade lower. But before that happens, you often see price sort of retrace into that gap, right? You get a gap here and you have an inversion gap here, like a gap that we went went through. And then like typically when you trade back into these things, they, um, you know, from, from underneath, they, they typically act as resistance before uh, going lower. So in my mind, there's like this giant magnet kind of hanging over the dollar right now. Um, and I, I think it's very, very, very likely that the dollar trades up into this sort of, you know, 105 region, basically. Um, this is what I was worried about at the end of last year. That kind of was basically at the top in, in, in crypto, right? For, for most everything. We have been kind of down sideways and the majority of coins since then, there have been some like outperformers. Um, so what's the dollar at right now to, to get to 105? Is that we're a at 103 right now okay so it's not that far of a move yeah and we we've, we've sort of been consolidating we did have a, a bit of a, a move down today but i'm not drawing too many conclusions but we've basically been like moving up consolidating moving up consolidating um you know th this is obviously like a, a key region here up to 104 uh, obviously resistance if you you kind of look at it but I, I i do think more likely than not that we sort of make one more leg up higher before uh, hopefully back down. Uh, but it is possible we, we just, I guess, just break down from here. I, anything is, is possible. I, I think that's like less probable. But either of these scenarios are ultimately good. There's just like a little bit of path dependency where if, if I'm right about the, the monthly gap, you know, it's probably going to coincide with a little more uh, pain in the coins and, and in stocks. Particularly well. in the in the near term, you're saying? Like, as we move into this uh, gap? Yeah, like, I'm talking a matter of... Two weeks? Weeks. Yeah. Weeks to, like, a couple months, you know, I don't know, four to four to six weeks, maybe, uh, for something like this to play out. <clears throat> right before having maybe ETH, ETF. So the the timing could be, like, a... It, it, quite the blessing for for people who have kind God. of missed a lot of the the, the, no, the move it's, up. Uh, it's really helpful for me because I still have like uh, long puts that I am um, hedged against this market, and I'm really trying to determine when do I get out of these things and flip to a more fully bullish, like bull-tarded is what I want to go. Um, yeah, like I think if we zoom out on crypto, right? So let's take um um. Give me one sec. I want to just check something here in my notes. Do, 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 do. All right, just making sure I'm not. We always do episodes, and I we end the episode. And I'm like, oh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, always. Didn't talk about that thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so what we had yesterday was a, a monthly close 
monthly closes are a very big thing for me. And I think it's if, if you were like a long-term investor, but you pay attention, like you're pretty active, you want to be paying a lot of attention to uh, the monthly charts and the monthly closes slash monthly opens because they're, they're really, 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 really key levels. So uh, monthly candle for, we kind of saved it. It's not a great candle, but we ended up printing like one of these uh, mega dojis, you know, where so, it was really high, it was really low. And then just kind of ends in the middle at the just two long same wicks. exact price. So just chaos, liquidating bears, liquidating bull. Well, first liquidating the bulls, and then liquidating the late bears. Um, and now we're kind of back where we were. But if we if we just take a step back and look at this chart, like this chart is is obviously very bullish, right? Yeah. So when you see a monthly chart like this, anything that's like a you know, a downturn on like the daily or the, the weekly horizons. Like you, you just kind of ha- kind of look at it as like, Oh, this is a, this is a good opportunity to get in because the wave of these like bullish monthly candles is eventually going to carry me higher. Um, unless we break like 25 K, which case, like, I, I don't know. Bitcoin's probably over. Like Capo's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> He's never right, dude. He's never right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're operating under the assumption that uh, Capo will uh, continue uh, to be wrong here. So yeah, when I, when I zoom out, I really, really like this. Um, I really, really like this chart. Uh, total two is an interesting chart as well. Also pretty freaking bullish. Again, we have one, two, three, four, very solid monthly candles printed a little bit of an, uh, indecision candle, also kind of a doji candle. Um, but n- not like a surprise to me. Like we, we traded into this, at, like a, like a monthly gap there. Um, this is an area where, pretty common to have a little bit of resistance like you don't all like usually go through these levels and just one fell swoop with like no no pullback so i mean does it does the same kind of logic apply where you you use the gap as like your magnet but it doesn't always necessarily mean rocket the other direction right yeah so the, the 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 gaps are interesting because they're the exact way they function is sort of contingent upon like the the order flow that you're currently in right like if you were in a bullish leg and you trade into a bearish gap that gap is is going to basically be violated ultimately like once once the order flow changes once like the you know you've hit like a draw on liquidity that's lower and you're now going for something up like all of these like key things on on the way down are are going to get violated on the way up Your, your your gaps your your, your, your resistance, your, your, your order blocks, whatever it is that you're, you know, ultimately price goes through those things. And so I guess uh, my question now is like looking at this chart here. So we went into this gap. Does that, does that then sort of like check the box? Like this gap was now sort of like violated or? Yeah. So we do, we call it like mitigation when you tap into what kind of zones, when you tap into a gap, it's, it's been mitigated. It doesn't quite have like the same properties it used to it's similar to how if you you tap into uh, support a bunch of times like eventually that it doesn't really matter anymore yeah all of the buyers get exhausted at a certain point um and then it's no longer support cool um but yeah i like to trade uh, based on these monthly candles uh, a lot because it's it's a lot easier to predict just like one candle or two candles than it is to go way out in the future um and like one monthly candle is, is 30 daily candles or, you know, 180 
four hour candle. Did I do that math right? No. 240 <laughs> four hour candles, right? Uh, it's, a, it's like a lot of uh, price action you can predict with like one candle. So I don't know. When I, when I look at total, uh, for example, I, I, see, I see the last monthly candle. We traded into this gap. We failed to close above the prior monthly candle. What that typically means to me with, with, again, this is all probabilities, but I think probabilistically speaking, there's a good chance we run the previous month's low there. Um, and then if you pop into a weekly chart on total, uh, total two, you know, uh, you, you see a bunch of these, these lows, liquidity. I think that what probably happens is some move like this and then back up. And that could coincide with the timing on uh, the dollar chart that you pointed out. Yes, that would coincide very, very nicely. Um, Ethereum is kind of a good, so it, Ethereum, similar chart, right? Monthly doji. These charts are similar shapes. Some of the levels are different. Like the move on Ethereum obviously was not, not quite as large, uh, unfortunately. Um, but, but what happened, we traded, tap this sort of monthly order block, sharp sell off other direction, close below the December high. Uh, and to me that indicates like we probably want to run this low. And, and, and if we look on the monthly, like we have this gap on the way up and we have like a very flat candle here, like this, this December candle. See how there's like very little wick. Yeah. What, These, does that, what does that mean for you? So, so flat candles like tend to get taken. Mm. Like it, like the market just doesn't like when you just open and go up only. Like typically, typically you see price kind of retrade. You know, because the, the opens are critical and like longs want to get in below the open. So if you have something that just goes up straight up from the open, not a lot of longs have entered. There might be a lot of money sitting there waiting to buy. And eventually price tends to kind of fall back to that demand, right? And you, you need like a sufficient amount of money, big players to fill up the bags and push price up in, in order to distribute it higher before you can like really, really, uh, really, really move. So um, I really like this zone on the monthly, you know, this could be sub 2K, which I think would be pretty scary. Um, and if you pull up the Ethereum, you know, weekly chart, it's just a lot of just a lot of kind of dangling lows here. And then we have a, uh, this like pretty juicy weekly order block right there that gave us the, uh, break above that, that key weekly level. And it hasn't really been tapped. So, um, I don't know the direction we take to get there. Like we could just dump straight there from here and then go up. Um, also highly probable we trade up, you know, test some of these wicks and then go back down, which would be a nastier move uh, for people. But, but, but I think like for me, like I am, am, I'm expecting lower and then higher. And then I, I think this is like a great gift if you get it because you may be buying Ethereum in the 1900s, like a, a month or two before like a, a potential ETF. Okay. So let's talk. Okay. So let's talk about that. So if we get ETH down in the 1900s, I think that's a good buying opportunity. But we talked about this on Alfalfa yesterday briefly, which is like, 
Yeah, you could buy ETH in 1900 and feel good about that, but you could also buy something else and maybe feel even better. Yeah, so that is sort of the the question. Like we 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 talk a lot about ETH. We like ETH. I more so than I think a lot of other people like in in our Discord. I'm a bit questioning of the ETH trade, but I I'm also just hypercritical of myself and like is this thesis still valid? Is this thesis still valid? Um you know, I'm on record saying like a few months ago that like I'm like holding this trade like January is typically like extremely bullish for ETH. Like um, I don't want to get out of this trade now. I don't want to like rotate into Solana at like $128 after this like mega pump. Um, I think an ETFs around the corner uh, for ETH, right? Like everything was kind of lining up for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, January was pretty disappointing. It's a, it's hard. It's hard to say like this was a ETHuary, like probably one of the worst Januarys we've had. Worst ETHuary ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so hold on, because at that time you also mentioned, um, you said if ETHuary doesn't like knock your socks off, then you're really going to be out on this thing uh, or seriously reconsidering your uh, positioning, I guess. Yeah. And I, I am seriously reconsidering for sure i mean the eth bitcoin like if i look at the eth bitcoin ratio like it still looks to me like it wants to go higher like a lot higher from here the question is is this the best bitcoin ratio to be in right, right. and like the main the main thing on my mind is like do I want to be in? Do I want to be long sole BTC instead of ETH instead BTC. of ETH BTC? Or, right. or I'm going to be long both, but like, how much of an allocation do I want on like a relative basis? Right, and I think that's a very good question. It's a fair question. I think it, it's gonna like people are gonna maybe get a little triggered at our our title of this episode uh, or whatever. But it doesn't mean that ETH is not going to perform. It just means there might be something that performs better. Correct. And w w when I talk about ETH now, like I, I sound like people talking about Bitcoin in in the past, right? So my main criticism about being long Bitcoin last bull cycle was that in crypto, the reason Bitcoin outperforms is because if you just hold everything all the way up and all the way back down, after all the bloodshed is over, Bitcoin is higher than everything else. But while everything is going up, it, it sucks. Like it was one of the it was one of the worst coins to to hold. Right. Like it like it, last cycle. It like only three X or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is terrible. Like people did like four or five hundred X's in, in coin, right? Yeah. So so if 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 you are a set it and forget it guy, right? You're like, look, I just want to buy stuff and go into a coma. Sort of like a like your four hundred one k DCA or type, I guess. Yeah. Like, then ETH absolutely has merit because I think for for one thing, like the tokenomics of Ethereum are, are far superior to Solana's right now. Yeah. Um, Solana has Superior to like, everything, a probably. very high rate of inflation. There's no like sustained token burn like ETH has, where you actually have like a deflationary supply. Um, 
and ETH has this like moneyness to it. There's like this demand to it that is not the same for Solana. And then ETH also has like all of these freaking like sinkholes where people lock up crazy amounts of, uh, of ETH. Although there is a lot of Solana staked, um, very high stake rate, but like it's, you, you, you know, you have like LSTs on, uh, Solana too. So it's not the same as like when you have like ETH, like bridge to like all these like L2s and split into like a million places, like a bunch of Horcruxes, like it <laughs> tends to, it, it just tends to like kind of dry up the liquidity. I feel like in, in, in a different sort of way, whereas like Solana, everything's like sort of in one place. It's very easy to gather up all the soul and sell it. Whereas like, you know, somebody like me, like I might have ETH and like I have ETH in like nine different chains and it's yeah, like, like, here's the, here's the thing that I'm struggling to wrap my head around, which is like, um, if you're thinking about like in, in TradFi, Stockland, um, I don't think anyone's disappointed when they own Google, for instance, and Google returns you 27% on the year. And they're like, oh shit, I didn't buy a firm. A firm is this little shit stonk that went up 18x or something. I don't think people do it like that because they're just like, oh, well, now I feel good with my Google and I like that company and it's and I made money, good. But in crypto, it's like different because these things are all kind of like the same trade, right? Like, mm -hmm. like Google is a completely different trade than a firm for many reasons. But like in, in crypto, they're kind of are the same thing, really. And you just want to pick the one that's going to return the most. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're an active investor, like, like somebody like me, like I only care about what's going to happen this cycle for the most part, like maybe 10 to 20% of my portfolio, I care about 10 years or I'm definitely going to hold it. The rest of it, like, I, I don't know, I could sell all of it. Like I, I don't, I don't care that much. Like I, I, I don't care that much about what's going to happen in 10 years. For me, it's like hard enough to just predict what's going to happen over the next like six months. Like the idea yeah. that I'm going to look 10 years into the future in crypto and like, Oh my God, like assemble some long-term portfolio. It's I, I, I'm not even sure if coins go up in the long run. Like I think we all take it as a given that coins are just all going to go higher but like for all we know, like they get the money comes in, they pump and then they, they just behave like commodities. That is, they just sort of go way up when there's demand and then they just go way down because they just, there's nothing, there's no cash flows. Um, right. Tying, you know, this, this is how other stuff in the world. Behaves. Yeah. It's like uh, gold goes higher over time, but not like dramatically. And, you know, maybe Bitcoin essentially yeah. trades like that. Just something uh, like, like actual, like, you know, corn. <laughs> corn go up, corn go down. It's not like nobody's like telling you you need to have like one percent of your portfolio in in corn because <laughs> it's just it's just corn. It's it's just a commodity. It doesn't have anything attached to it. Um, I know ETH is like a little bit different, but Soul is very commodity like to me. Yeah. It's, well, I like I like this uh, this like uh, mindset of you're like a make money maxi, not like uh, anything else really. Yeah. Um. And like, look, if I'm just being honest with myself, like if, if I pull up an Ethereum Bitcoin chart, right, since let's call it like the peak of the bull market, like this is what that chart looks like, right? If I pull up a Solana Bitcoin chart, 
let me get back to the same place, right? This is what that looks like. Now, both are down, you know, relatively similar amounts. From, at least Solon is down a little more from, from la- the peak. Last cycle's peak. But, like, look at the last year. Like, here's the last year of Sol BTC, right? Looks pretty great. Looks pretty good. You know, I'm just going to put ETH BTC just on the same chart because, you know, we're advanced. This is impressive. Yeah, thank you. Um, like, <laughs> which... I mean, are these... Is this like an apples to apples comparison? Because, ooh. Like which which one of these like which one of these do you want to own? I mean, it's just it's the, pretty it's pretty cool when you put them on the same chart like this. It kind of yeah. So you can see that is that is the in fact the same yeah the same thing. But it, yeah, it's it, it, like I I think it's better to just look at like I, I think this FTX capitulation soul was dead. I think a lot of the data before then, it's just, it's, it's fuzzy, right? What I I care about, like what's going to happen now in that post era. And it's like, since the FTX era, I mean, it's just one is literally down only and one is literally up only. Yeah. Um, now like I'm, I'm a trader. I, I care more about charts than I care about fundamentals because I believe all of the information I'm trying to garner about an asset or which one's going to outperform or why is already reflected in the price of the asset because there are millions or eh, maybe not in crypto, but maybe there's millions of market participants yeah. who are buying or selling on the basis of that information. Like, and I don't necessarily have to know all that information. I can just simply learn how to read a chart, learn how to read price action because I can see what the market thinks and what like maybe large money is is doing and like money is clearly buying soul btc and selling eth btc right now okay so the fact i i i see this fact right on the chart you did a good job of displaying that i guess the question that i have then is like if you're just a make money maxi and you don't care about really holding soul or eth or anything for the long term because uh, whether whether or not you believe in it, who cares? And mm-hmm. you just want to read what the charts are telling you. Like there are there are things that you could um, pair against Bitcoin that are outperforming Soul, like Pendle, for instance. Correct. So, I think step one is th- the the big three now are Soul, ETH, and Bitcoin. Right. That's yeah. just a fact. Like Soul, just as much, if not more, liquidity now than ETH. So if you're a trader or like a big player, like maybe most of the listeners out here, you know, don't have like multi-million dollar portfolios, but for like funds, right. It's very important to be able to go in and out of like nine figure positions, eight figure positions without like blowing up the market. And you just simply can't do that in the vast majority of crypto assets. Right. Um, so that's why soul is like such an interesting, it, it is the biggest coin with the most liquidity that is like a representation of this like risk on trade relative to within crypto, like relative to Bitcoin. Right. So the question now is first, like, do I, is, is soul going to outperform, um, 
Bitcoin or is, is, is ETH going to outperform, right? And then I think that's kind of your benchmark. Um, be, because like you said, even within Ethereum, like if, if, you, if you believe ETH is going to outperform, there's still a question of like, well, is something going to outperform ETH? ETH yeah. You know? And I would probably guess that the layer twos and maybe some LST stuff. And- so w- one of the problems with ETH versus Sol is that we have this question of like, okay, if, if you think ETH is going to outperform Bitcoin, your next question is like, okay, well, what is, is something in the ETH ecosystem better? Is it higher beta? Should I own Arbitrum? Should I own OP? Um, should I own some like apps or maybe some Dino DeFi or something? Is that there's all these tokens you can buy. So many, so many tokens. What do you buy on so, like, there, there, there's been basically nothing else to buy on Solana. You're just like, okay, do I buy Soul? Is Soul gonna outperform? Is Bonk gonna outperform Soul? Is Dog with Hat gonna outperform? <laughs> so, and those have been your choices, right? So, so ETH suffers because, like, I, I think a lot of people in the ETH ecosystem, there's a lot of stuff to buy besides ETH. Whereas, like, right now, if you want exposure to the Soul BTC narrative in general. You just right. you just kind of buy soul, and then when you when you do buy when you do step out on the risk curve, let's just say and buy something like uh, Jupiter is a new one, right? Yeah, Jupiter just had an airdrop, just airdrop, sketchy as fuck airdrop. Well, congrats to the uh, congrats <laughs> to our farmers out there. Um, but like even with that, you know, you saw that same thing happen uh, with ETH uh, related stuff last cycle, where like high beta uh, DeFi coins outperformed ETH for a moment and then they fucking didn't. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, so this happens a lot in markets, right? Something happens, people were caught off guard. And then the next time something happens, they go, Oh, I've seen this before, but then it doesn't happen again. Like the most recent example of this, that is the largest is is probably like the yield curve inversion. Yield curve, everybody's just like... Guaranteed recession. Guaranteed recession, (laughs) lock it up. Every single economist on planet Earth, except like Neil Dutta, um, (laughs) good for him, uh, definitely didn't happen. Why? Because like the first principles behind why that happened were not the same, even though it was a yield curve inversion, but you you, kind of have to dig deeper. Um, I, I would be surprised if Arbitrum optimism stuff like that did the same thing DeFi did which is to say like eth like wildly operable i just don't think that is going to happen again i think you could even make a good case that those same dino DeFi coins your snx your ave your uniswap like actually will wildly outperform eth this cycle god i'm pretty i i, I don't own enough of those dino DeFi's, but i am pretty fucking bullish on specifically synthetics and uniswap yeah so I, I want to take a look at some of that in a second, but just, just to sort of wrap up this point, it's basically a foregone conclusion to me that Sol Bitcoin is a better trade than ETH Bitcoin. Now we can kind of go through some nuances of like, okay, Sol has higher volatility, higher risk. You don't want to hold it maybe for multiple years. All that's fine. And let's assume that you can kind of adjust your portfolio for the risk. Maybe you hold like a little more cash in 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 soul maybe your portfolio is like instead of 100 percent eth it's like 70 percent soul and 30 percent cash or 80 20 or something and then maybe that helps kind of you know you know de-risk you in a particular way 
Yeah, um, I could see that. Right. So we were always asking, like, what does the ETH cross look like? What does Ave ETH look like? What does uh, Lido ETH look like? What does Arb ETH look like? Because we want to see which. I think that 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 idea is like kind of dead now. I think now you have to evaluate everything with a soul cross. Like, so the question is like, what is optimism soul yeah. look like? What does Arbitrum soul look like? What does Lido soul look like? All of this stuff that's kind of like a quote unquote high beta ETH trade. Right. Does it beat soul? Like if you are truly like profit maxing your portfolio. Right. Well, how does it look? Well, I guess here's another, before we get into that, I think there's another uh, take, which is like, so say that ETH ETF does get approved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you could build out a narrative that says that ETH um, has like this massive resurgence, but I could also see where like ETH price pumps and Sol just pumps even higher. Cause like the narrative is, well, Sol's the next one. I don't think that'll happen. I mean, we already saw what happened uh soul eth got destroyed eth pumped and then stuff like arbitrum optimism pumped way even harder like super hard yeah so i think that same thing just happens again i think the market really really expects there to be an eth etf and i think the market knows that there's not going to be a soul etf at least not not this year any time in the tradable narrative right. time horizon and everybody in crypto has you know the attention span of like a toddler so people aren't going to sit around and wait for that trade when they can just simply like liquidate this token and buy the token that's going to go up more yeah so okay so that that would be a reason to have some allocation to the eth ecosystem as well even if soul is dramatically outperforming now right because like that that ETF approval is looming. You know, that's a matter of... Um, I, I, I think so. And I, I think ETH is like an interesting risk-adjusted trade because I, I think it has pretty minimal downside from here. And I just think it goes to 3,600 on like an ETF pump. So if you're looking at it on like a risk-reward basis, I mean, that's a pretty good risk-reward. That's a great return uh, with like very little downside. Yeah, and and so like I'm not selling a ton of my ETH right now because of that, especially because like, if I look at like the ETH BTC chart, like it, it does look like it kind of wants to reverse from here. Like this is kind of exactly the area where I would expect a reversal. Like if I, if it goes lower from here, I'm probably just out. Like I just, you just liquidate like all I'm your just, ETH. I'm just done. Like we're right. But like this chart yeah. does look bullish to me. Um, How so? Cause this looks fucking down only. Um, with that one like break above, is that a break above breaking structure and then kind of retracing into the zone again to, to yeah, long? I mean, we swept like a critical low, we broke structure to the upside with like a very, very, very impulsive candle on an asset that's been like just massively, massively, massively like pushed down like a beach ball underwater as like everybody sold it to buy all so everybody sold it for the BTC trade Celsius sold it. Right. Like, I, like I've seen this movie before. Like I think these things can just turbo send in an instant and then suddenly everybody's like oh bull oh you did you buy eth anon you know just it but like when we when and if we do get to 3600 3700 assuming like the soul eth ratio kind of tanks a bit like i i think it's an interesting question at that point like do you want to 
like kind of rotate some of your portfolio over. Um, like I'm already overweight Soul ETH on like a market cap weighted basis because I think Soul is about like 40 billion and ETH's probably like 240 yeah. or so. So you know, six to one if you're gonna do like a market cap weighting, and like I'm probably four to one, I think. Damn. Um, but I'm critically, critically underexposed. And I think a lot Soul. of people are critically, critically, critically underexposed, which is why like if this doesn't turn around, there's like a lot of money in ETH that's might just be like capitulate, just come capitulate over. and come over. And yeah. there's a lot of money in that ecosystem and not oh, yeah. a lot of money. And so, so you could see like a hell of a move if that happens and it would be super painful for yeah. people who have no, I think having no exposure there is like insane. Like it's it, no matter how much of a ETH bull you are, no matter how much, and, and like, I believe in the ETH narrative, like, over the course of many years, like I totally buy this thing that, you know, Solana is just going to run into very similar issues and people are going to kind of arrive at the same sort of construction for these things ultimately in the end. I just also think it's just so early still, none of this is going to really matter or happen in this cycle. You know, it's going to be another classic case of people sort of like overestimating the short term and underestimating the long term as it, as it always is it always is yeah and, and I, I still do think like even playing the etf trade i i am actually wondering given how beat down like stuff like arbitrum uh, optimism are like maybe i might rotate some eth into those plays you know so that that is one instance where i am looking at the arb eth chart or the op eth chart um like something like op eth has taken like a like a beating recently just like an absolute that's not the right chart yeah, i remember when this thing uh well, i remember when op dipped below into the two handle i was like oh i might be interested yeah. in scooping some more here where are we at now yeah so like oh. op would get wrecked by yeah went 33 percent in a matter of a, Against a few ETH. weeks there you know still a still a pretty good move up and, and and i do think that this goes higher but it's been a it's been a roller coaster right it's just you're up you're down you're up you're down <laughs> thing moves like crazy um i mean we've talked about it a lot but uh pendle pendle turbo has been turbo sending i mean i think it was two bucks last episode now it's two okay. we, we hit like 280 so a huge move pendle's um, the almost, one almost 50 percent uh, in the week there and and the the pendle eth chart is like the best I don't know. There, there might be a better one. If you've got a better ETH chart, uh, send it to me. Um, but the Pendle ETH chart is like insane. So I, it's, it's basically like high beta exposure, not just to ETH, but to all of the narratives that are supposedly going to be so good this year for ETH. Real your, world like, assets, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you got your liquid staking and then you got your liquid restaking kind of all rolled into one kind of small market cap coin not hard to see why people are buying the crap out of this thing. Uh, this will probably get slaughtered at some point during this market because there's, you know, the got like, it's one of these things where you're inflating the token so that you can pay out a high reward to attract a bunch of TVL, which makes the price go up. And this is sort of like a flywheel until it isn't. Then, then it becomes a, a reverse flywheel. Flywheel the other way. Yeah. Flywheel the other way. You know, so something to be aware of. I don't really think this is like a, thing i'm going to go into a coma and hold for for 10 years um but especially if you're trading like perps or something although this this token does have like a lot of native yields so not 
necessarily like a great perps candidate because you you're might bleeding be paying might yeah. be paying thirty percent instead of making thirty percent staking it. Ouch. So it's a it's a bit of a bit of a big delta there. Um, but yeah, and 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 I I still think that you know like I I still think the Lido ETH chart is 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 pretty good if you you zoom out and like arb eth has like a bit of a pullback recently as well but again like big 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 impulsive move up we're consolidating now i think this is probably consolidation and then it goes higher so like i'm thinking maybe this is a good spot to dip my toes like obviously if the market does go down like i'm thinking it it might um due to the dollar and you know potential other sell-off in bitcoin this is going to get um trashed pretty hard um but it you know did already take quite a ride down from from the top so i don't know but like these L2 coins are fun to trade. They're fun to have in your portfolio when things are going up because they go up a lot. They go up really, really quickly, but they also go <laughs> really, really, uh, really, really bad in the other direction. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. Thinking of rotating a little bit more. I like um, that. I really like that. I think it's really helpful. I also think that the the first stuff we talked about gives a a sense of timing of when you when you might want to start looking to to scoop or to deploy some dry powder, um, which I am looking to do, but I, I want to, I want to get the timing right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing I've learned in this space is to try to not be too much of a, a cult member because yeah. you can really make super bad decisions. Just like it, it's, there's something about crypto where you get absorbed into a community Dude, it's that so... doesn't exist in stocks other than like stuff like, Tesla. Yeah, Tesla and then the meme coins on Wall Street bets and stuff. But like nobody's in like the cult of Google, right? Right. It's not right. like No, it's like it's really weird how crypto has this knack to like really um turn you into like a an acolyte of uh whatever uh religion you follow, I guess. Yeah. It, it it's hard when you devote so much of your Twitter personality or your time to like researching a coin pumping a coin or just like telling everybody about a particular narrative and it could be hard to see that it's not playing out that way um because it's not just soul beating eth like all of the stuff around ETH, like it, there's so many things destroying eth like like celestia is destroying eth injective is destroying eth sui uh say just absolutely murdering eth like basically everything is is stomping on eth um so I don't know. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, it's rough out there. It would right be now. a lot easier if ETH was going higher. Like it's not going anywhere. It'd be a lot easier if ETH was also going higher. Kind of like back to that Google analogy. It's like, well, if we were making, you know, a decent return on our, on our ETH, which was, which is like kind of like a Google in this situation, it's like, that would still be fine, but ETH isn't going anywhere. Now it's kind of like, Oh fuck. Like that's the hard part. Yeah. To not have it even, 2x in a year where you had stuff like <laughs> like Solana just million xing right uh it's 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 super painful um it's super painful and i i've probably made a mistake of like allocating a little too much to it in the in the beginning but like my my thinking was that like i wanted to be mostly in bitcoin and ETH because if i was wrong about being bullish like i would have gotten annihilated so 
Yeah. I mean, ETH, ETH did have a good uh, 2023. I mean, that was up 100% in 2023. So yeah. that's fine. It's fine. But it's like off of fucking very low base. It's fine. But, but yeah, like I told myself, like, if, if, we, if, if, you, if I did that, I would get to see confirmation there is a bull. I think we definitely have that now. And then you do get these periods where stuff comes back down to earth and parabolas break and there's reaccumulation and you can like actually have a chance to get into this stuff. Like retail is not even here yet. Um, we just had the ETF like, a few weeks ago, like ETF flows really haven't even like ramped up yet. Basically like, flat. It's going to take, yeah, it's going to take the, the tarred five peeps like months, if not years to like really start allocating into that stuff. Everybody's financial advisors and just going to YOLO, three percent of their clients portfolio market buy on, on on day one so yeah i'm guessing a lot of these uh old blue hairs are still like um haters you know just say wait same way like jamie diamond is you know like it's that mm-hmm. it's that like generation of of investor all right well let's let's wrap up the episode just with a few a uh, few charts anybody in the the chat has some requests i will be happy to uh to look at them well I'll somebody look- wanted to look at jupiter yeah, I mean Jupiter's like a day old, so well it's fresh chart, baby. <laughs> Here's your weekly candle. <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of those things where a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to sell the airdrop on that first candle. It's I I, I I'm planning on dumping mine like during the airdrop pump, and then I don't know waiting it out and maybe getting back in at some point, but. The uh, the the airdrop launch was pretty sketchy. Do you uh, do you kind of balk at the valuation being uh, equivalent to Uniswaps right now? Yeah, but to me that just like is a bull case for for Uniswap. I think. Yeah. I haven't looked at Jito ever. Yeah, this chart looks like a freaking mess. Um, but yeah, I think Uniswap is actually a really interesting trade right now, given what the market is currently putting on uh, Jupiter. And I think at a certain point in time, people have to, you know, <laughs> start looking um, at the king. Damn. Like this, this chart is pretty good looking to me. This, this is like, like this is the classic dino DeFi chart, right? Where you have like the way highs in the last cycle. And then just a long period of sideways. Yeah, we are since the bottom this is 630 days of sideways. My God. Um, we are at like, you know, basically airdrop prices. This is literally like, I think this is at least top five most useful protocol in all of crypto. Like probably top two. This trade is like an insane risk reward. Like I should, I own a little bit, but I should probably own more. Like if you put stops below the capitulation low, it's 50% down. Yeah. Like, okay. To make like, <laughs> like a, like a, like an easy, like an easy four X probably, if not like higher. And like, we, we're not, we're probably not revisiting those lows, you know? Right. Like your, your, your downside realistically is probably like 25%. Wow. From here. Please do not take that to the bank. They will not cash that. check. <laughs> Hold on. So I think like chain link, Chainlink probably looks similar to this, but it actually kind of broke out already. I mean, yeah. Can we look at Chainlink real quick? Yeah, Chainlink's uh, interesting today. Like, it's it, it'd be moving. 
so Chainlink didn't have quite as long of a sideways, but I think that left side of the chart looks very similar to what Uniswap. I mean, yeah, 525. So Uni's been going like 100 days more sideways than Link. Link, I mean, Link looks like it wants up. Big move, sideways consolidation. We're, we're printing, hopefully, a breakout candle, not a, uh, not a heartbreaking fake out, but... Yeah, this looks good. Okay, talk to me about this uh, breakout candle because I got a lot of this uh, shit. So um, I want this close to be above. Um, yeah, we'd love to. We want to close a weekly above like 17.75. That'd be nice. Okay. That'd be nice. Ideally, like above this high, the 18.36 18 or so, that'd be, be a nice move. That'd be bullish. That'd be, yeah, I mean, this this looks pretty good. The Link Marines, they've been chatting pretty hard. They went down, but it's basically just sideways, up, sideways, up. Yeah. No dips. Right. No dips, only sideways. Um, so, yeah, that looks pretty interesting. Vibes is requesting Grail. Mm. Grail is basically the uh, official decks of or maybe unofficial decks of Arbitrum. Like Uniswap's probably on Arbitrum too, no? It is. But Grail is like, you know, like it's like the community sort of okay. decks. They got, it's like, it's in the Arbitrum weeds. Uh, oh, this looks interesting. Actually, I haven't looked at this chart in a while. doesn't look bad. I I had an allergy to Dex charts, uh, to Dex coins for, for a while because they just inflated supply so hard to 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 attract liquidity and you just get just mega dumped on yeah um but the dumping seems to be over i think there's going to be some gems in these like ecosystem plays arbitrum has a bunch of them um yeah camelot is or, or grail rather it's definitely definitely a little uptrend i like it i like it i, I don't know if it's like a better buy than some other stuff I, I I might want, but I I definitely do not uh, do not hate the chart. Um, I haven't looked at much other. I mean, we we we've been in winter for a while, which I think is like an interesting. Oh, I don't own an, I don't not, own any of this one, but I do. Wrong chart. I want to own some of this uh, Gambleify stuff because I like I like winter. Yeah, charts looking. I mean, looking a little a little iffy, a little iffy at the moment. Damn, we went to 15. Forgot about that. I don't know. Uh, like this is this is an interesting play because it's like our ecosystem and it's Gambleify and it's like a 20 million market cap or something. Is this really one of those small. ones also that um, can get you exposed to a potential airdrop with uh, what was it called like Aurora or whatever? Like oh uh, Azura. No, Azura. no. This is like a different. This is like kind of like a Azura in that it's a protocol that you can build an app on top of like we've seen that okay. like dgens.bet which is basically like a roll bit built on top of this where you right. can go thousand x long or some stupid shit okay you know but this so. thing's only a 25 million dollar market cap or something this thing could fucking send at any minute yeah yeah for sure i mean uh, the, the 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 grail of arbitrum for a while was was gmx obviously right the whole, i thought the whole blockchain was just basically built for gmx trading yeah i mean i haven't looked at a gmx chart in a while actually because i i, I got over it a while ago not a amazing looking chart could make the case that we are 
finally tapping into this. Uh, this is like a two-week order block there. If I pop on a two-week chart. No. Don't want to give it to me, huh? All right, we'll call it a weekly. But yeah, it's pretty pretty clear a weekly demand. So it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if you got a big reversal out of here. Not something I really care about trading all that much, to be honest. But um, Christopher in the chat saying uh, ZK Swap Finance seems to be the ZK Sync decks. Yeah, I haven't looked at uh, ZK Sync tokens, actually. But there's probably a uh, really interesting trade in there somewhere. I don't know if these are going to be on Trading View. Maybe it's on Deck Screener. I'll pull up Deck Screener and look at it. Joshua says you got to learn Alt R on Trading View. Yeah, I'm I'm on a Mac and I don't know how to use Trading View on a Mac. You you would think with my uh, twenty thousand hours on it that I would I would know how to use it, but <laughs> you would be uh, you'd be wrong. ZK Swap Finance. What does this look like? Okay. Be moving. It'd be moving. Uh, Twelve mil. Fully diluted, 6.6 .6 million market cap. Okay. Damn. I see you. I see you, Christopher. Um, interesting. ZK Sync plays. Yeah, that's something we're going to have to put on the radar. So hold some, on. Like To gems. buy this, you actually have to like bridge over to ZK Sync? Yeah. Okay. That's fucking pain in the ass. So this is, this is on ZK Swap, it looks like. Okay. Uh, Christopher, giving up on Matic. I, I, until Matic gets a fresh chart, I just don't care about it. I mean, I, I've been pretty consistent on this program saying that the Matic chart looks like ass, like relative to other charts. It's just like, why would I, I don't see why I would buy this instead of basically any other L2. Oh, Metis looks like these days. That was a, yeah. Like why would I buy, why would I buy Matic when I can just hop on this pump train? You know, it's like, there's, there's there's a lot of charts that look like this. Um, what, what was the other one I bought? Manta. Oh yeah, Manta. How's Manta doing? Damn, should have taken profits at four dollars. Hindsight, huh? Um, you had a good that's, run. That's probably gonna. Yeah, I mean, bought it at two bucks, so good run. What about Mantle? Mantle. Mantle didn't look good to me last time. Was it? Is it MTL? MNT. MNT. MNT, what does mantle look like? Okay, well. <laughs> RIP. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what the ETH chart looks like. But <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's scary. It's always scary when you you build up all that trend line liquidity and then you, you break it and you're like, oh God, is it going to go lower? I don't know. Not really something I uh, have an interest in buying. Um, I, I got enough. I got enough trash to buy. I think we've uh, we've covered a lot of that trash on this program so far. So, <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Good trashing. Good. Uh, uh, you're garbage man. All right. Well, I know you wanted to not go two hours today. No, so this was a. I think this was a good episode. Concise to, uh, and tight. This is good. Yeah. In summary, maybe some rockiness. I'm, I'm certainly not selling 
anything because big picture, everything looks super good. I think we pointed out some levels um, where you might be interested in, in buying uh, altcoins in general, um, especially Definitely. especially uh, Ethereum, if, if that's your thing. Uh, we talked about how Sol BTC, you know, if you're going to trade against Bitcoin, Sol looks like the better Bitcoin cross. It just it just does right now from a from a chart perspective. Um, probably going to rotate more, but like I would like to do it after this mythical ETF pump that I keep getting uh, teased <laughs> with. Yeah, that's the play. So I, I really like this like high level uh, breakdown we did first, which is like looking at the dollar, maybe giving a window of uh, uh, a little bit of weakness here and then going just like uber long into the roaring 20s yeah and uh, probably being a little more out on the risk curve like soul and etc not just ethy eth shit long live the roaring 20s yeah, what a time to be alive and yoloing into the markets my friends we're still early baby. what a time we're, we are still early we are still early i hope uh anyway thanks guys for joining us uh thanks to everybody who joined us live uh if you're listening to this consider subscribing on youtube um, and if you are listening on Apple, hello, but also, did you know you could get the video and all of my, <laughs> uh, beautiful scribbles on Spotify. If you don't, uh, if you don't, uh, like watching stuff on the YouTubes, because I, I'm pretty sure Eric's been uploading the episodes there. So sure have, if not, he's going to, he's going to get the belt later. <laughs> I'm, I'm safe. All right, guys. Well, I, I hope you have a, a green rest of your week and we, we will see you back here. Same place, uh, same time, 5 PM Pacific on Thursday on the irresponsibly long YouTube, uh, next week. And until then, uh, have a lovely night, everybody. Later guys.